0: More Idaho Matters from the studios of Boise State Public Radio News. I'm Jemma Cadet. For the first 12 years of school, there are tests and cafeteria lunches and classes that you may not want to take, but you learn something new every day and can feed your mind while making friends and feeling a sense of community. However, after college, it can sometimes be hard to find a place where you can learn anything from the history of the vanished kingdoms of Eastern Europe to sea otters on the Oregon coast. Well, that's why the OSHA Lifelong Learning Institute is for. It's continuing education designed for folks 50 and older who are intellectually curious and they still want to learn new things, also while making new friends. Steve Thaxton is the executive director of the National Resource Center that supports all the OSHA programs around the country, including the one here in Boise. I want to welcome you to Idaho Matters, Steve. Thanks, Gemma. It's nice to be with you. So for folks who don't know, what is OSHER, but also what is OLLI?
1: Well, you know, this morning I was asked a couple of times, because here in Boise, you have, I guess, dubbed your institute an OSHER Institute. But Mm -hmm. OSHER, Lifelong Learning Institutes, is the acronym of OLLI. Oh, well, there you go. See? Use it if you'd like, but if you wouldn't, that's okay, too.
0: Okay, so how did um, Osher slash Ollie get started? Well,
1: there is a Mr. Osher who at this point is 96 and a half years old. He lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. He is the poster child of lifelong learning. This is a man who took up scuba diving in his 80s and piano about the same time. Just very curious about the world. And he saw the need for those of us that are over the retirement age, to have opportunities for continued learning and community.
0: So how exactly is the network structured? I mean, is it independently run? Like is each, uh, like, like here in Boise, is this independent from the national uh, center?
1: Uh, indeed, and I think it is really the greatest, I guess, asset is the reliance on localism and local universities and colleges. So each Osher Institute is a program of a university or college and a community akin to Boise, but also in Berkeley, California, and in Boston, Massachusetts, and Chicago, Illinois, where I live. Each institute has a university as its backbone and uh, the assets intellectually that come with a university affiliation.
0: So why 50 um, and older when it comes to these, these uh, Osher Institutes?
1: Well, first of all, Bernard Osher, who is a, a wonderful philanthropist and has many lines of philanthropy that he's pursued over his years, he decided that folks his age, at the point that he formed the network, over 50, were really neglected by universities and colleges in favor of folks that were seeking a degree or reskilling mid-career. And he loved the idea of lifelong learning, something that was very much a part of his Jewish culture as he grew up here in the States. And so he decided this is something that we could scale. He had a model that he saw um, in the San Francisco Bay Area that friends of his had created. And he said, this is something that we could scale all over the country. And he pursued it, and it worked famously.
0: So, what kind of classes does OSHA provide? And, and I guess does it depend on on which Osher location you're you're going to?
1: Yeah, you you guess very accurately. Each institute is unto itself, setting curriculum in that area, that town for those members. The nature of that particular university. There are some Osher institutes that are very academic. They're serious. They're, their study and their courses would read like a graduate school uh, catalog. And there are others that tip to the hobby and experiential. And then the vast majority are somewhere in the middle. And I would say the Osher Institute at Boise State falls into the middle where there's pieces and parts that are experiential and pieces and parts that are very academic and a wonderful blend. So if you think about a liberal arts college or experience, that's what Osher Institutes are kind of in miniature level.
0: So I do know that you monitor trends, though, in these classes all across the country. So what kinds of trends are you seeing right now?
1: Uh, it's, it's interesting. As we watch um, the Osher Institutes react to the pandemic and then recover from the pandemic, there are a few lessons that have been learned. One is pre-pandemic, more of the institutes did multi-week uh, classes or programs. So it wasn't unusual to have 12, 14 week sessions. And mm-hmm. post pandemic, we've pretty much moved to the point where it's shorter durations. There are a number of programs that are one session, but two, three, four, not as many that are those long, full college term length, um, which opens up a lot of opportunity, particularly for busy retirees. They may not be able to commit to 14 consecutive weeks, but Maybe they could for three.
0: So with that said, you, you bring up COVID and how OSHA has kind of, you know, um had had to ebb and flow, right? To 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 continue with what people are doing these days. I'm curious about um when COVID hit. Was were OSHA programs able to embrace Zoom and other virtual ways uh to keep classes going? Or or was that a barrier for some folks?
1: Yeah, it it was a dark time for our Osher Institutes, as well as society and the world Mm -hmm. at large. You know, prior to the pandemic, there was generally a resistance to distance learning at Osher Institutes. And with the necessity of distance learning just to keep going, we really did ourselves proud in teaching one another the technologies, both on the sending level for instructors and staff, and on the receiving level as students to engage in distance learning. Of course, we're working with a population that is 50 to 100 plus years old. There were some people that had a problem with the technology. And interestingly, it wasn't necessarily the oldest of our cohorts. Um, And some folks dropped out of membership for some period of time. It's been a slow road back. And even during the pandemic, the majority of institutes lost members. About 85% of the, of the institutes lost on average 30% of their members. But there was 15% of the institutes that actually grew. So we ended up with about a net loss through the pandemic of about 28%. And we've made up probably a third to a half of that loss at this point. And if, if Boise State is, is any indication... There's been tremendous growth in membership this past Mm -hmm. year. Uh, The director here, uh, an extremely wise uh, administrator, Dana Thorpe Patterson, tells me that they are closing in on 1,500 members, and that is
0: not so far away from their high of about 2,000 members way before the pandemic. So in your opinion, how important is OSHA beyond the classroom? I mean, does it it help create a sense of, of community, um, for, for people who might find themselves, you know, a bit more isolated once they retire and, and then they find that, you know, maybe after a certain amount of time, they, they have more time on their hands.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you hear a lot of, of discussion in um, academic circles and in circles of social work and healthcare that loneliness is a major health issue, particularly with older folks. And that is absolutely true. It's likely that after a full and busy career and suddenly you're in retirement, it's a little harder to have those natural socializing touch points on a daily basis. Osher Mm -hmm. Institutes offer that. Uh, A community of learners and a network of friends that is automatic. You know, this is really prevalent with folks that are moving to new locations. Uh, Boise is absolutely one of the hotspots of retirement in the country, and imagine people moving in here at retirement or slightly after, and they're moving from a place far away. As they join the Osher Institute, they have coming up on 1,500 automatic friends and contacts in the community. So it plays an important social as well as intellectual exercise uh, uh, position for anyone in their older years
0: hmm So where do you see the future uh, for, for Osher? Where, where do you go from here? Let me yank out my crystal ball. I've got it, I've got <laughs> okay. it here in my bag. Um, y-
1: you know, before the pandemic, as a convening organization for all of the Osher Institutes, we were very interested in building some models of distance learning that would expand our reach both on the younger and the older side of the the majority of people that we serve. So if you think about folks who have been engaged in an Osher Institute, but late in retirement and in life, they lose mobility or they lose sight or for whatever reason, they move away from their home community, maybe to live with friends or live in a retirement home. They can continue their involvement in their Osher if there are online options. Not to say that we want to forego the in-person Uh, charm. And we sometimes call it the secret sauce of being together in learning. But we want to see an ability for people to extend their membership. And on the young side, people who are coming into retirement are very, very used to technology. And they expect some opportunities and the flexibility and convenience. So I think distance learning will play an increasingly important part.
0: And, and very quickly, before we wrap up, um, you're going to be in Boise at, at Osher next week. Is this your first visit?
1: Yes, this is my first visit to this incredible state and beautiful city. And I I will confess I'm getting a little bit of skiing done over the weekend. But <laughs> uh, next Tuesday, I'll be joining the Osher group at their their uh, casual coffee social. It's on Tuesday the 13th at uh, 1130. 30. I've been told that their special group, the Osher Bakers Dozen, are going to uh, have lots of goodies. That's open to the public, and people are invited to come and, and meet and sample a little bit of baked goods and some friendship here at the Osher Institute.
0: Well, I love that, and I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. It was
1: a great treat. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts.